It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What can the Florida State Seminoles do to finish with a top five recruiting class? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi and welcome everyone. I am Brian Smith, your host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. And thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the awesome Locked On Network, your team every day. Once again, my name is Brian Smith and I am going to be the host of this show. A quick introduction about myself and what this podcast is going to be about for each time you come in here and check it out. I am a recruiting fanatic, have been for over 30 years. I've been in the recruiting industry over 20 years in some capacity. I am the Locked On Network's recruiting analyst for the nation, not just for this show, but for every show I come on, Oregon, Miami, you you name it, I'll, I'll help out any show that comes on, LSU, whatever it may be, I'm there to help. So I love talking recruiting because I go to all the games. I go to Under Armour events. This hat, Elite 11. I saw Luke Cromahawk. I don't even know how many times I've seen him now, but I saw him at that event in Orlando where he won the event and got a chance to move on to the Nationals in L.A. I love recruiting. So how Florida State's roster year to year is formulated, you're going to get the backstory from me. Interviews, live evaluations. I'll put out a tweet or my handle. You can see it there on the screen, fbscout underscore Florida. This is what's going on with a such and such a recruit. It could be a kid. Going to Florida State, it could be a kid they tried to get that's going to Alabama. We're going to do comparisons. Talk about LSU's class compared to Florida State. Miami's, Ohio State's, USC's, you name it. Why Florida State is trending in the direction they are. I'm going to tell it like it is. No fluff. This is what's good. This is why. This is what Florida State needs to do, and here's why. That will be this podcast. I will flat out back it up because I will be on the road bringing you the information. With that, today's show, today's show is going to be about Florida State's class, where it is right now, class of 24, which currently is somewhere between number five to number eight, depending on who you want to talk to. I've got a bunch of notes here on my pad, but most of these kids that I want to talk about in a second, I already know. I've seen them play in some capacity at a combine, at a game, at a practice, combination thereof. And I like the class for a lot of reasons. But here's the number one theme, and I'm going to say this probably five times when I'm going through some of these kids. Versatility. This class just kills it with versatility. One of my favorite kids in the class is probably not one of the five to seven best kids by their rankings, for whatever that's worth, on three, two, four, seven, et cetera. And that is Mr. Gibson. B.J. Gibson is a wide receiver out of Georgia. This, this is just historic Florida State stuff. It's how Bowden built his program back in the day. Gets a kid out of one of the county schools, not near Atlanta, big-time talent, and he's a player that can come in and play multiple spots. He could be a safety or a corner if you wanted to play him on D. But as a receiver, which Norvell and the, and the Seminoles are probably going to do, he could be a slot or a flanker, and he's a shifty guy. He can make guys miss on one of those jet sweeps, a reverse, a screen. And when you put him out there with Elijah Moore, who's the big-body receiver out of the Maryland area, and then you got to compliment him 
with Wayne McCoy out of Miami Central, you've got a unit. This is this is the same kind of thing the Knowles used to do back in the 80s and 90s. They put together complete units, but they were versatile pieces that can play multiple spots. Like Moore could play flanker if you wanted him to, but he can be your boundary. When you're moving guys around, it makes the other team's defensive coordinator work that much harder. So I love this class right now. But what can they do to make this a top five class? To truly put the cherry on the top. That's what this is about. And these are my own thoughts. And I'm going to lay it, like I said, in the intro. I'm going to tell it like it is. I love Florida State's versatility, especially at the skill spots. Luke Cromahawk is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the country. Seen him play numerous times. Love him. He can throw it through multiple levels and have a great impact. You got to have guys in the trenches across the board with numbers. And in this case, with size. Florida State needs a couple more guys on each side of the ball, potentially, depending on how you want to do it. But at least one on each side. That's a dude. Not just a guy that's got upside, but a dude. A D-tackle, and preferably an offensive tackle, or at least a really athletic kid that plays tackle in high school that could move inside if you wanted him to, but gives you versatility. Again, like the skill spots. That's what Florida State needs to finish this class out. Think about this. Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. What do they normally do? LSU to a certain extent most years as well. They beat you up in the trenches. That's been their their memo for long time. When you roll out guys off your second unit, they're at least as close to as good as your main guys. And obviously guys like Derek Burris, et cetera, Florida State's not struggling here. They got, they got dudes, but you got to have the next wave. That's why recruiting is so important. Why I talk about it. When you can bring in guys like Burris comes out of the game and they bring in somebody that's good at FSU's D line depth this year. is pretty good. Then you can compete with all those teams. Ironically, I mentioned LSU a second ago, obviously the game in Orlando, which is third segment. We'll talk about LSU's depth of the D line is ridiculous. That's why they can compete in any game in the fourth quarter in a hot game in Orlando. And that game will be hot. I guarantee you Florida state's going to need that depth and they're going to need it moving forward. For me, if you're going to compete with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Ohio state, Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn state year in year out, Without a doubt, you got to get more big guys inside. We're talking 260, 270 minimum size that are high rank kids. There's only so many of them. You got to go beat the best to be the best. That's why Georgia, like if you look at their scores year in, year out, they have like one game they kind of give away because their players aren't into it, like Missouri or something. But when they're focused, ask TCU. Their second and third units are pretty much as good. That's what Florida State's trying to get to. I think to get that top five class, they got to get some more big guys. That's just my take. So before we really dive into Cam, just, just think about that for a second. Like Cam Davis, he's an elite player. I'm going to talk about him in the second segment here in just a minute. But he needs a, a running lane. He can play a safety or a slot or whatever, but he's probably going to play running back for the Knowles. You need a guy to help kind of not just open up the hole, but if you want to beat teams like, like Georgia – you got to have versatility in the screen and you got to have elite pass protectors, the whole deal. And that's not easy, man. Recruiting is, is, is difficult enough. It really is. But at the same time, if you're going to talk about recruiting with those teams, it's the trenches. I did a little study recently over like a three or four year period. I forget what it was. There were nine kids out of Georgia that were 250 and up 
ranked in the top 50 of like the 247 or on three. I can't remember which one it was I used. Accumulated rankings. Seven of those nine signed with Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia. If there is a monopoly of the big body D lineman, and this is just one point, it ain't going to be very good for anybody else. It's just not. Florida State went and got K.J. Bolden, who's one of the best players in the country, out of Buford, took him right out of Kirby Smart's backyard. It's just outside of Atlanta. They need more guys like that, but in the trenches. So a couple other guys real quick. I'm excited about Landon Thomas, the tight end. Tremendous player. I'd have taken him when he was a freshman. Uh, obviously, Charles Lester out of Venice. That, that is a special athlete. He's another kid when he was 14. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I saw him at a few tournaments. You've seen him several times since. Luke Cromahawk is going to have a lot of guys to throw to. We talked a little bit about that. They've got a pretty good class up front. But don't forget about Jaden Parrish on defense, the linebacker. He is a dude. He doesn't get enough respect. That is a great player. So uh, Cam Davis here in just a second. He is one of my most favorite players to talk about in this class. And, and I'll get into all that in a second. But do note, the kids that I've spoken to that are Florida State commits right now, and this is a, just a good group of dudes. A lot of the kids that I deal with on the recruiting trail aren't necessarily the most fun. They don't like being interviewed and all that. And I get it, but it's nice to at least have, shall we say, quite a few with the Florida State class that are fun. Luke's one of them in Cam is too. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, before we get into all that, I do want to talk to you a little bit about Nutrafol. It's the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to help you regrow hair. It's it's a hair growth situation. Like obviously it's a little late for me, but it doesn't have to be for you. Why not? If you want to regrow or at least make it better, please take a look at this. This is a really good company and it's something that's sponsored for us. Uh, make sure that you understand that this is a process that if you follow it, you can you can make it better for yourself. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription. Free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on college. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter the promo code locked on college. That's neutral dot com slash men promo code locked on college. Now, segment two, Cam is one of my favorite guys to talk about. All right. Cam Davis is about as cool a dude as you're going to meet. Plays at Doherty High School in Albany. I was texting with him earlier today. He's excited about the season, but all his football exploits, we can get into a little bit, but I want to talk more about why Florida State fans should be excited about him as the young man and how he impacts the program. Florida State doesn't just get an elite recruit. This is for people that don't know, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Notre Dame, Miami, everybody's offered it. Everybody. When he was a freshman, I saw him at a seven-on-seven -seven tournament. I was like, holy moly. I mean, he had offers from everybody pretty quick by the end of his sophomore year, but 
one particular play, I'll just give you one example. I was standing behind the quarterback, and Cam was about 5'8 at the time. He was only getting ready to be a sophomore in high school. And he throws it on third down towards the back of the end zone, right down the middle. Right down the middle. And I'm like, where is that going? And all of a sudden, I see a pair of hands go up by the goalpost and snag it at 10 feet above the ground. It's the 5'8 dude. I'm like, I'd seen him a little bit. I'm like, okay, now he's on my radar. He made a catch in the back of the end zone. Very few NFL wide receivers would have made because it was it was overthrown. And I didn't even see him because he was blocked out by so many other players. And he just went up and got it. Now with one hand, two. And he was again, he was about 5'8 at the time. He's 5'11, 210 from the text that he sent me earlier today. But here's the real reason that Florida State fans should be really excited about him. Yeah, he's going to run over guys, run around them, fake them out. But he is going to be a leader. He was the first one to tell me about four months ago that this was going to be a special Florida State recruiting class. And I asked him why. And he said, I got some guys coming. And I asked him where. And he told me some, you know, some Georgia guys, some Florida guys, but that, that's all I'm going to tell you kind of deal, which was fine. One of them, obviously, was K.J. Bolden that he'd been working on. Landon Thomas committed not that long after I talked to him, et cetera. Like, he, he's been working the phones and doing things. He's a leader. He wants this class to be a great one. If you think about football, it is the ultimate team sport. And while I wouldn't be shocked if Cam won the Heisman at Florida State, he needs guys blocking for it. He needs defensive backs to pick off the ball. He needs all that stuff. And he's a humble guy that goes out and works. He doesn't care how many touchdowns he scores in a seven-on or a regular game or getting invited to a different all-star game or whatever. And, again, he's got all the offers, too. Same guy every time I talk to him. Absolutely humble as it can be. Mike Norvell and his staff are getting a player that understands the big picture of life on and off the gridiron, he will be a stud for Florida State. He's the guy that you want in front of the microphone. He's the guy that you want in front of the TV reporter after the game, whether it went well or not. Kind of like me, he'll tell it like it is. He's just a little nicer about it. And he's also a guy that's just easy to relate to. An all shucks kind of fellow. Uh, to kind of summarize what I mean by that, one time I, I was FaceTiming with him and he's out in the field. And he was out helping his dad with his, his family business, just helping out because he could. He just wanted to do it. It was coming up on dark, but he was still out working. This is a kid that grinds. You could never have enough of those kids. As another relatable point, if you're like me and you watched the Florida State Seminoles late 80s all the way through the early 2000s, that run, Bobby Bowden didn't just recruit talent. He recruited kids that wanted to be around each other that complemented each other on the gridiron and sometimes in the classroom, going to church, whatever it was, Cam Davis fits that. Bowden would have loved Cam Davis. I can guarantee it. And obviously Bowden kind of figured it out. I think he kind of knows recruiting. And he was never given enough credit. Like I talked about a little bit ago, B.J. Gibson's a great player that's overlooked for a while, not, not a long while, but Cam was a little bit overlooked too, and then he exploded. Uh, seven on and all that stuff. He, holy moly, is, is he a great player? But when you get leadership like that, then you get this talent. Maybe they get those kids I talked about in segment one, where it's not just good, but they start blending. They start believing. 
kind of like Florida State, Florida State did last year as a team. They had that three-game losing streak, and then they exploded again. They kind of figured it out. Guys like Cam will make that more of a reality year after year instead of just a projection. Now, you're not going to get every kid with his physical traits, first off. It's not realistic. Um, I've got a picture. I could probably pull it up on my Twitter and, and share it. But it's amazing what one guy that does special things can do for you. And you kind of look at the overall big picture of a program through the lens of like one or two key guys, like, you know, the, the players that sports center talks about, etc. It's difficult um, to really gain that perspective unless you're at the games and practices and seeing everything. So uh, let me, I'm going to share my screen here in just a second, but this is, this is not your normal kid. This, these pictures well, just over a year ago on a one or two of them, and I'll, and I'll explain which one. But look at the physique on them. He looks like he's 25 years old. This is a, a very special young man. All right. Cam Davis, this picture here in particular, that is not a normal human being right there. This was taken just over a year ago for those of you on YouTube. Shirt off, it was cold, and he, he just got done with the tournament he was at. It's right off the road from me, Davenport, Florida. And, man, I was like, holy cow, let me get a picture of this. He's like, sure. This humble as ever. He just made several big plays and two interceptions. He was helping out his team on defense. Didn't care. But when you look like that and you have his attitude, it, it kind of changes things. And then also when, when you look at it, you're talking about a situation a year later – this is him. Look at the arms, how big they are. He, he is a big, big dude. He's 5'11", 210, and Cam is absolutely put together. So to put it in perspective here, you're talking about a power player with the attitude you want to lead and to be a dude. And quite honestly, I just don't think there are enough of those guys, and we don't talk about enough, myself included, in the recruiting ranks. I got friends at 247, on three, all the networks. We don't talk about leadership enough. He has all the muscles and things that God gave him, and then he just keeps building on because he works so hard. He's got a bench press at the back of his house that he uses all the time. But that doesn't mean it's a complete deal, man. You gotta you gotta have something that it's special to make it happen up here. And Cam Davis has that. So um, to kind of wrap up with him before we go on to the LSU segment, I got a few things I want to talk about. It's kind of a precursor to some more events that we'll have on this podcast, obviously about the biggest game by far, opening weekend in college football. It's not the greatest slate of games first first weekend. Uh, I, I want you to note that if Florida State can continue to get these kind of kids, the program's going to grow. So uh, with that, uh, make sure that uh, you know that we appreciate you here at the Locked On Network. Thank you very much for making us your first listen every day. Once again, the Locked On Network, you can find us again, free and available anywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube and we are free and available everywhere. So the NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The last segment here, let's talk a little bit about the LSU versus Florida State game in Orlando. Now, I've just got three things written down that I'm concerned about the, the ways the game can kind of shape up one way or the other from an LSU perspective. And I'm going to do this in a flip side. But I was looking at it from LSU's like, what would I be concerned about for the Knowles coming up? But this is my way to help fans understand that, like, look, this is not easy. Playing LSU last year, if you remember, Mason Smith, the big D tackle, got hurt. Now, that's never good. I don't ever see anybody get hurt. When he was coming out, not nobody else did, but I thought he was the best player in the country because his upside was through the roof. D tackles that can rush the quarterback naturally are rare, but he's over 300 pounds. So he's the second guy I'm going to talk about. But first, I won't surprise you, Jaden Daniels. Last year, he had five different games with 84 or more yards rushing. And one of those was Alabama. Another was Texas A&M. He can do it against really good teams. My biggest concern in this game, beyond Mason Smith, that he's back in starting lineup for LSU, is Jaden on third and six when everything is covered and Florida State does what they should. They do what they should. And he still gets the first down. Ask Nick Saban about that. It's not easy to contain a guy because you don't want to use a, what they call a spy, like a linebacker or a safety order comes down in the box. You don't want to use a guy for that because it takes somebody out of coverage. But at the same time, if you don't against Daniels, again, ask anybody on Alabama's defensive staff how that worked out last year in Baton Rouge, especially in the third and fourth quarters. you got to give the young man credit. Jaden Daniels was money. He was money. And that's the difference between winning and losing, folks. You're not going to, shall we say, just throw it all over the field against a Nick Saban secondary. You're gotta, you're gonna have to figure it out and make a few plays in the running game, even if they're unconventional. Some of them were just three and four yard runs, and sometimes they were just escaping the pocket and throwing it away. So it wasn't a loss. It's still better than getting sacked. Florida State's gonna be in a situation where they're gonna have Daniels dead to rights. They have to get him on the ground. Verse and a whole bunch of, I mean, the Knowles are loaded up front. I get it. It's different chasing a guy in practice that's wearing some jersey that looks like an LSU guy and Jaden Daniels. So that's that's number one. Number two, and this is the one that I don't think people can really put in perspective. I, I was looking at their depth chart a little bit ago, but this, this is incredibly important to me. LSU's depth chart right now, the way it stands, not that this is always accurate, every guy in their two deep on the D-line is in at least their third year of college football. At least their third. What does that mean? That means they're going to have guys that aren't going to make many errors. Florida State is should be in a similar situation. they got a lot of experienced guys from transfers, Fisk, et cetera. But LSU, you add Mason Smith. I'm telling you, he is a freaking dude. If he is as healthy as what I've been told he is, that's going to cause problems. And you got consistency. You got a lot of a lot of freakish guys too, Jalen Lee and Jordan Jefferson and all these guys off the bench. Mikai Wingo, Savion Jones, 
It's a lot of guys. LSU's defensive front against arguably the most experienced, according to Phil Steele, offensive line in Florida State that he's ever seen. It's over 200 starts that all these guys, have, the collection has, which is just bonkers. If you're at 100, it's considered to be elite. They're at over two. Again, that's one of the greatest stats I've ever heard, so hats off to Phil Steele there. But what a, what a great matchup. But it still comes down to Mason Smith, and here's why. If the Knowles have to consistently double-team Mason Smith to get run game opportunities, whether it's RPO, traditional run, whatever, or in the pass game, they are not going to win this game. And I'm not saying this is a friendly task. But in situations where they move the pocket and stuff, I get you can single in there. But standing in the pocket or on the move, RPO, whatever, they have to at least be able to 50% conservatively single block him without worried that he's going to cause a lot of disruption. Now, Jordan Travis is a freak. We all know that. But Jordan Travis is also a guy that you shouldn't be thinking about, well, he's just going to make the play for us. you got to be able to throw in rhythm and not be worried about what's coming at you at 320 pounds. you got to have both. And Florida State's in a situation where they're close to getting into that elite group. This game in Orlando at Camping World Stadium against the LSU Tigers, the Bayou Bengals, is a chance to prove it. Because it's in the trenches, like I was talking about in the first segment. This is an example of why. LSU and some of these other schools win. They've got a guy that you have to scheme against. That's just, I'm telling you, he is freakishly unique. I studied him a lot when he was coming out of high school. Holy moly, is he an athlete? That's my biggest concern for Florida State's defense because if they can single block him, then you can do all kinds of things. Not many guys are going to tackle a certain quarterback from the Knowles very well anyway. But if he's singled and you're, you're able to chip and do different things on the edge and do some RPO, you're going to be better off. The third thing that I'm really curious about goes to Florida State's defense. Malik Neighbors, really good receiver. He's he's from Louisiana. He's a proud kid. He's a guy that played as a freshman and contributed, was one of the best receivers in the Southeastern Conference as a sophomore. He's a dude. He's going to be an NFL player. I'm just curious, and I'm going to use two questions for this on how the game's going to play out. I'm just curious about this. How are they going to keep him from making big plays? Which brings up the two questions. Can you at least partially and comfortably play man defense against him with somebody when he's single to a single side? Like if they run a bunch, three men to one side, and they put if they if they put Malik to the other side, how would you do that? You don't want one or two plays in a game to dictate the final score. He could make that happen. Real quick. Two, based on those same kind of formations, LSU has several different running backs. And again, it comes back to Jaden Daniels. The screen game and plays off that, like fake to him and then throwback screen to the other side, maybe another receiver or whatever. If he gets going, how do you adjust without giving up the house on the run game, the screen game, the short passing game to other guys? At some point, he's going to make a play, so be it. Can you adjust enough where you don't give away everything for the other other guys? Because it's not like LSU's, like their depth chart, a receiver is not unbelievable, 
but it's pretty good. And I'm I'm really worried. Like Brian Thomas, a big body receiver that can go get it. Maybe he's that guy. Maybe it's somebody. Maybe it's Hilton. Somebody else is going to make a play here or there. But I'm really worried about the screen game. Noah Kane, uh, Logan Diggs, a transfer from Notre Dame, tremendous hands out of the backfield. I don't want to see a four-yard pass ended up being an 85-yard touchdown and costing Florida State. So how do you adjust to this guy, Mr. Neighbors? He's he's my third point I have on my chart, and he, he's just a tremendous football player. So uh, with that, once again, my name is Brian Smith. I'm going to be here with you every day on the Locked On Network. Thank you for making this a part of your day each and every day here on the Lock, awesome Locked On Network. Tomorrow's show, I haven't figured it out yet, but it's it's gonna there's gonna be something about the LSU game every single day, and there's gonna be something about recruiting. That I can guarantee you, uh, it's just too much fun not to do it, and it's important. Again, game one of this season is humongous, and it's probably the biggest stage by a large margin, by a large margin. In week one of college football, it, for whatever reason, there just wasn't as many good games. Not that there aren't some, but Florida State it, playing LSU and good for both schools, by the way, putting themselves out there, supporting who they are and their brand. A lot of schools play cupcakes every single freaking year, opening week. Good for LSU, who usually does it, and good for the Knowles as well. It, it, it's pretty awesome. And I, I know I'm going to enjoy it because I'm going to go up and try to do a little tailgating and enjoy it myself. And just be around some of those people that want to go. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. So um, everybody have a great day. Thank you very much. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.